knowing Jesus means that you die to yourself mm. and you allow him to be the one who tell you what to do and who mm. to be. Well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler and I want to be your stretcher bearer. You were made for more, friend of the pod, and we are not meant to pod alone. So Marithi is here from Mivuno Church to talk with us about our friends. But before we get there, now that they have penciled me in as number five on their list of top four favorite friends, let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Good day. Good day. About that list, though. Yeah, I'm number five on a list of four. You left me out. (laughs) You're inching your way up. Yeah, but I, I am? mean, great. <laughs> you're suggesting that you are my fifth best friend. Is that what you're well, saying in that? I guess. <laughs> you're climbing the ladder. I didn't make the list, guys. You did. <laughs> and Marithi's here. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to say your last name because I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I should have asked you before we turned this thing on. But how do you how do you say your last name? Wanjiao. 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 Yeah. Apologies. So Marithi, Thank you for being Marithi, here. Marithi means a shepherd. Oh, cool. And so, and Wenjiao means somebody who owns many cows. <laughs> a shepherd who owns many cows. All right. Does, <laughs> do shepherds, do shepherds know how to take care of cows yeah, or only sheep? Figure, it's very know? confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, Tyler means podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Little Bar- known fact. Barry, Barry means sharp pointed thing, apparently. Is that right? Yeah, it's true. You wow. sharp and pointed thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Marin is totally made up and we can all thank my mom for that. Yeah. That's a good name though. Guys, jam-packed pod today, so I want to spend just a minute talking about what's new. And I know you've only got a minute's worth of content and stories to share. Nothing to tell you. Marin, let's start with you. What's new? (laughs) What's new? (laughs) We always start with Barry. Well, that's why we're starting with you. Changing it up. (laughs) Listen, y'all, ain't nothing new. All right. Um, (laughs) Friends of the pod, if you go to our Facebook page, the top banner has a photo of a nice gentleman. That gentleman <laughs> has a bursted appendix. Oh, you're right. It, it totally has a photo of a very handsome gentleman yeah. being welcoming Jed and Gaffin's genuine. Jed Gaffin's appendix ruptured on Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or actually a week and a half ago and or something. And I'm laughing. Yeah. So give us a scoop. What's up? What's the update? I know people want to pray for you well, and Jed. Folks, so let's thank talk you. about that. First of all, just thank you to everybody who already has been praying. Many of you friends of the pod, many of you personal friends of mine, um, stretcher bearers, if you will, um, praying for my family over this weekend. For one, you're already praying for my mom, for which... I'm eternally grateful and I feel very supported by all of you. So when Friday, my husband (laughs) went to his primary care physician complaining of stomach pains he had had all week. And then they said, ooh, sounds like your appendix and sent him for a CT scan. And then the CT scan confirmed that it was, in fact, his appendix and he needed to get to the ER right away. I knew that I could call on a couple of y'all, and I did. Namely, these two right here. Yes, we <laughs> hey guys, made it. Pray for Jed. We're going to the ER. Um, yeah, um, it was going to be a busy weekend, even if there wasn't an, a, a burst appendix in mm-hmm. our home. Um, I was on uh, leading worship here at our main campus here at 146, so it was going to be a busy weekend no matter what. But throw a little bit of this in there, and the weekend was just who doesn't who doesn't want to spend frenzied. your Friday night at an ER? Yeah, right? frenzied madness. <laughs> All so, right. so the update is his appendix yes. is out. He's recovering, right? No, his appendix is not out. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, unfortunately, it had ruptured before we arrived at the ER. So my apologies if this is completely gross to some listeners. Using hey, the word, it's not going to get graphic. Using the word rupture is just hard for me to do. I don't like forming that word. Bacterial infection. I'll Way better. Again, what, yeah. what, well, what was it? <laughs> it was contaminated Contaminated area. areas, what the doctor kept saying. Oh, so. no. Sorry. I'm really sorry. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Barry actually beat me to the hospital. That's right. Um, so when I arrived, um, that's when I, I had heard that it had already ruptured, and that means that they couldn't do surgery. They would need to put him on an antibiotic regimen, wait about a month, and then go in and take out the ruptured Which is crazy. I've never heard of that later. before. But, um, but Barry is so awesome. He's on his phone, like, looking up, well, why why does this happen? And what exactly yeah, is your appendix? And what does it look like? And I had to learn. He was the most helpful person to have in, in the, the room. What is the etymology of right? rupture? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And as we're laughing right now, listener, dear listener, this is what it was like in the emergency room. Yeah, and Barry and I showed up, man. <laughs> it was we just a laugh a minute. Cracking jokes. They're trying to have a the serious moment. Medical and... staff was thrilled. <laughs> we were there. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I've never had more fun in an ER. And, yeah, it was great. Uh, I think it took a very serious situation and made it just a wee bit more manageable to have you both there. And Jed was thoroughly surprised. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you should have seen his face when I popped into the room and I was like, hey, he's like, uh. He sends, Barry, what, what, what brought you in here? Yeah. What's wrong with you? He sends his many heartfelt thanks. Man. Oh. So. I, I only came to the hospital because of my time in Kenya, where I learned mm. through my host family doing it the wrong way that when someone is in hospital, you go to yeah. see them, especially if they're friends or family or like you just do. It's you just a up. part of what you do. Yeah. Mm. And I did not do that once when my host father in Kenya, when I was living there in 2005, he he had gone to the hospital for something. I didn't go because I was like, it's an outpatient procedure. He's fine. And they gave me a very important oh. lecture afterwards about how deeply hurt they were that I chose not to go. Interesting. So I came, yes. I came back and I said, I'll never miss an opportunity to go be present oh. when someone is, mm. is in the hospital because I realize it's actually a good thing for any culture, not just in Kenya. So yeah. right. that's why I did so it. So I have questions about this. Yes. And I know Marin does too. She voiced them. I did? Well, it's just like when I... Like, I probably wouldn't have gone had Barry not gone because I'm like, well, I mean, they don't, I mean, right. they're not asking me to right. if they wanted me to and I extend and uh, I'll come. But Barry's just hesitancy. like, no, we, right. I, sh I need to go. It'd be good. Right. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I, I love going. Like it's great. Do for, you? Here's I loved I loved being there with you guys. But <laughs> here's it, why it's, it's also good. like really uncomfortable to just for me to just show up yeah, right. and assume yeah. that you want to see me. <laughs> well, you got to, got to kind of read the room and see if like, is yeah. this just to pop in and say hello? Or is yeah. this kind of, hey, here's what I, I went because I, I know that for something like this, it's always nice to have somebody who can kind of go along with you mm -hmm. who can be like, Hey, does anyone need a sandwich? Uh, you know, yeah. or who can, like I got there, you hadn't, you hadn't arrived after taking care of the kids. So I was there with Jed when the doctor came in. So we had, two of us could hear what he had to say yes. to be able to process yes. it afterwards. When and he told you that the barns had left or the yeah, cows the, had the left the barn. The animals were out of the barn. Yeah. That was his that analogy was his, for what was going on. That was his diagnosis. Yeah. The barn has ruptured. The animals have all left the barn. <laughs> the barn is ruptured. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Anyway, well, I don't know. No, I understand. There is a hesitancy, I think, on a lot of people's part of should I or shouldn't I? Do I know them well enough? Well, I'm not really family. Well, would they want to see me? I think yeah. people can question their way out. Sure. Sure. The, but it was um, good. It was good for us to, I mean, I don't know if Jed thought it was good, but I thought it was good that we were there. <laughs> uh, he did. I think we were very surprised because when I sent the email, it was more just pray, not yeah, like, right. oh, please show up and party with us <laughs> right. all night in the right. ER. Yeah. But I'm yeah. glad that Barry you guys were there. Barry and I were threatening to spend the night. And, and yeah. shout out to Olivia because she took yes. pizza over to your kids. Yes. Which, wow. and, and, and introduced to the Sierra Mist. <laughs> So. Oh. There's a soda. My kids yes. don't drink soda much at all. I know Sierra Miss. So. Well, well, my kids yeah. don't, and they didn't. Yeah. And so we FaceTimed them with Tyler and Barry still in the room. And my daughter was like, Mom, Olivia brought us this stuff. Awesome. Oh, and it's cool. like the mist of the Sierra. It's like way better than Sprite. And it's way better than Sprite, and it's so good. And so all weekend, they were like rationing the Sierra Mist. Wow. Yeah, when Jaden wow. finished his, uh, he, my son was drumming with me this weekend, and we got home on Sunday. And first thing he did was hit that Sierra Mist. Oh, wow. man. They're so, addicted. Yeah. I sent a picture to Barry and Olivia. And I'm like, man, they you guys are got them addicted. I think one thing, though, is I think people in this culture have forgotten the obligation of community. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. I think people know about the, the, the liking for community when it's good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, community is not just when things are good. Uh, yes. You need people around you when things are bad as well. Yes. And, and so I wonder, yeah. like, coming from your culture... Um, I know my family, I have, I have a very large and very fragmented family. Yeah. So part of my family, particularly my African-American side of my family, mm. they have a strongly held rule that you never leave a loved one alone in yeah. a hospital. Yeah. Never, not yeah. even overnight. And so when I, even my husband was questioning, um, 
what you're on this weekend. You're busy. You need to go home and get your sleep. And (laughs) in my heart, I'm like, there's no way I'm leaving you here alone. That just doesn't even register. Is it like that in your culture? Absolutely. That's the obligation of community. I'm there for you in the good times, but I'm there for you in the bad times as well. And there is an obligation. It's it's, it's an obligation. And that sounds like a bad word, but Mm. it's actually real community exists because we are bound to each other. We need each other. We must be there for Mm. each other. Yeah. yeah. So, Marithi, uh, uh, last weekend you spoke, um, and one of the things you, one of the stories you shared was you laughed at a woman who was addicted to smoking, yeah. uh, and it got her to quit smoking. <laughs> like so, laugh, laughed with, I think, yeah. is better than laughed at. That's, and all I could think that's is grossly out of context. <laughs> <laughs> all I kept thinking was, we need to spend some time just laughing at Marin for please? her addiction to just crazy. Craziness happening to her and her Addiction family. Addiction so. to craziness. Yeah. It's not someone's body. It's someone's house. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. my, it's... my, my. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. <laughs> well, Jed, hope you're on the mend for sure. And um, next time you need somebody to show up at the hospital, you know who to call. <laughs> We're there, man. Yes. I should also say that Jeff Unruh also came by, which was. That's true. Uh, he oh, was, yeah, was there. nearby. And Su- he. Super surprise, but super blessing. Yeah. Cool. Um. Marithi, I want to hear all about you. You got to find out about Barry, Barry's week first. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, we know where Barry was. He was on, he was on a beach. He's gonna rub he's gonna rub it in here in a second. So, no, Barry, not what's, at all. what's going on? All right, not nothing. I'm back from vacation. <laughs> I plowing through emails, getting back into real life. It was great. I heard you guys talk quite a bit about Red Tide last last week, yes. uh, which indeed was a problem where really? you couldn't really walk down the beach without just coughing a, a bunch. It was kind of awful, and there were a bunch of dead fish and. Uh, Red but, Tide is is one of the saddest things I've heard in a long time. For sure. I didn't know it was a human-caused thing. Yeah, it was. And so I won't belabor it since if you want to hear the whole discussion, go back and listen to last week's episode. <laughs> but Liv and I had a phenomenal vacation. We're both extremely bum, bummed that it's over. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was a blast and we, we really relaxed, really connected, and it was great. And you uh, did a lot of reading. I did. I'm. I'm. I brought an entire <laughs> giant backpack full of books. Cool. It was ideal. Um, you brought some of those books to the hospital. Yes, you did. And you left one with Just me. Just some light hospital reading for Marin. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. What did he leave with you? A book on the prophets <laughs> by Rabbi Heschel, which he told me some nice beach reading. He man. told me it would wreck me. Did it? Um. So I tried to read <laughs> little bits, but I'm like, this is this is not going to work. This isn't yeah. the one for me right now. So I, I brought you your book back. Thank you. But, Good. I need it for my research paper. Right. And when yeah. you're done, I want I would love it back. You don't have to read it. Don't Listen do me, me a favor. Listen to me right now. <laughs> just read when his research done. paper. You'll get the whole gist. Yeah, just read his go. paper. I want to read the book, guys. Right. Uh, Marithi, how long have you been here? <laughs> Uh, in this room or just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, according to the clock, about 14 minutes <laughs> yeah. in this room, but how long have you been in Indiana? Um, maybe since, uh, I think it was Friday, uh, Friday. Yeah. So you got in Friday, started the whole full weekend right away, Saturday. Oh, and- well, gosh, but you were yeah. out of town. You were, well, I've, yeah, I've been in the States. It's going to be two weeks uh, okay. by tomorrow. Yeah. And what all, what all are the, th- what are the things that you do while you come to the States? What are all the things you like to do or have to do or want to do when well, you, when you come here? Well, this trip is special because I'm with my 17-year-old daughter and mm-hmm. it's, she's just about to go into her final year of high school. And so it was fun to just spend some time on the road. We did a road trip with her and went to different places and just hung out with friends. Cool. And so that was very What's, special. What, what are some of the things you got to see on your road trip? We went on a, on a boat ride on Lake Michigan, which was fun. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we went hiking in... Tennessee, um, which was really fun. Wow. Nice. Um, so went went to Nashville at night. Wow. Which was something else. Uh, yeah. So. Did you get a pair of uh, crocodile leather boots or something? <laughs> we missed that one. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's come back for that one. Honky yeah. tonk bars and. <laughs> so you've been blind here for dancing. a week, and you went from Michigan to drove, Nashville. Drove down to Nash to Louisville, then Nashville, and then drove back up. And Chicago. And Chicago is oh yeah, I forgot Chicago as well. Yeah. <laughs> All so, in a wow. week. It's well, it's a little longer than a week. Wow. Yeah. yeah but are it's you been exhausted? A fun, no, not the time of my life. <laughs> Where are you going from here? Uh, back home. Back home yeah, from here. All right. Yeah. So when you, did you make it to the Indiana State Fair? No, you but I hear that I'm missing out. I hear that I'm missing out. Yeah, I, I, you haven't lived until you go to that. No. So, but yeah. This year, apparently, they have hot dog stuffed pickles that are deep fried. They they core out a pickle, stuff uh-huh. a hot dog in there, and then throw it into a fryer, 
And that is the food of the fair this this year. Okay. It's over now. God, God bless America. The fair is over? <laughs> yeah, it ended yesterday. Oh. You missed it. I did. It's all right. <laughs> there'll, there'll be plenty of others. Um, are you staying with the uh, Rodriguez's? Yes, I am. How's that? What is what is staying with the Rodriguez's like? Well, here's he the guest. best thing. You know, we didn't even. T- Penny's got to be great. Well, she is great amazing. hostess. Amazing. Um, what's the most fun thing is my daughter, Mwini um, is her name. She loves to cook, and that's her big thing. And turns out Dave Rod is oh, an man. incredible chef. Yeah. And so just like within two minutes of showing up at their house, they're ready in the kitchen, and he's pointing oh, at things, cool. and he's showing her stuff, that's and awesome. she's of having a blast because she thought. That this last part of the trip was all the fun's done. Oh, And she's like, wow, this is so fun. So she's had the time cool. of her life with the, Rod- the Rodriguez house. Oh, Great. wow. Yeah. Man. All right. So, how long of a trip is it? It's going to be two weeks by the time we go back home. How long of a trip home? Like, how long oh, is the wow. flight and all it's, that stuff? Uh, eight hours to Paris and then eight hours mm-hmm. to Nairobi and maybe three hours in between. So, that's a And lot the, of it's probably yeah. better than the last time you visited here because the Paris thing is new. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yeah, it is, it is. What do you mean the Paris thing is new? So I just learned on my trip to Ukraine that there's now a direct flight from Paris to Indianapolis. Indianapolis oh. Direct, yeah, which right. is so cool. Because I don't have to go to Washington now. or somewhere that's else. A, yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. Great. So, man, I want to hear, I want to hear all about how you got started in ministry. Yeah. Um, you are a part of a church, uh, Nairobi chapel, right? Yes. And then that planted a church called Mavuno? Mavuno, yes. Okay. Are you the lead pastor at Mavuno? Yes, I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give us the story of where you, you came from and how you got passionate about ministry and got connected with this, this network of churches? Okay. I'm, I'm a, grew up in a Christian home. My dad is, um, Love Jesus. Uh, my mom too. I mean, we grew up uh, with parents who were amazing believers. Uh, high school went through a phase when I thought their faith wasn't relevant for me. Mm. Uh, it was great. It worked. I could see it worked, but it just didn't speak my language. And so I left that and went into high school and with both feet played sports in high school, which was a big deal. Played on the teams in high school and college. And so just very, very heathen lifestyle, I think is what I'll call it. Mm. Yep. Um, came back to Jesus uh, just before college. And um, and that was quite an experience. And what really, uh, it was at a Christian camp. And the mm-hmm. reason I went to the Christian camp is because my mom told me there would be beautiful girls there. And <laughs> yeah. so I went and I met Speaking Jesus. Speaking of heathen. Smart mom. Met, met Jesus there <laughs> instead. <laughs> and I went to college and then I met this guy who, uh, a pastor there, who for the first time I met a man who, of God who spoke God's word in a way that's appealed to a young, I was studying science. And he spoke, he spoke in a way that made sense to somebody who had a scientific mind and was really doubtful. I wanted to understand scripture from a, a, a point of view that made sense. Okay. And I, I was completely drawn to him. I, I joined the church uh, called Nairobi Chapel, um, joined ministry there throughout the rest of my college years. Hmm. Uh, started dating uh, the, girl, my, my, the girlfriend who was going to become my wife. Um, graduated. My ambition before then had been to be a rich pharmacist. And emphasis on the word rich. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I was going to be the first guy in my class to be a millionaire. And I was completely set on that. Had made all my life choices until then to get there. And then this guy, the pastor, asks my girlfriend, actually asks me whether I'd like to do an internship at the church. A one-year commitment to serve God for a year before I go on with my studies. And of course, the answer would be heck no. Yeah. Let's go to my pharmacy resume. (laughs) But you never say that to your pastor. So I said, I'll pray about it. Of course. Of course. It's the right answer. That's Christian way of saying no. Absolutely. So I (laughs) said, I'll pray about it. And then behind my back, without consulting me, he went and asked my girlfriend. And she said yes. To the internship. To the internship. Yeah. For her or for you? For her. Okay. So she's committed for a year. Wow. And the whole plan had been that we were going to go and do our master's degrees and then get married. You're like, what about the thing that we talked about? (laughs) So I come to her and I'm so mad and she's like, God really spoke to me. So I went back and told the pastor, you know, I prayed about it. I think God really wants me to be here for a year. Yes. Funny how that works. So that's how I got into ministry. I mean, the rest is history. I served for a year and it wrecked my heart. I mean, I... God just really spoke to me in that time mm-hmm. and began to show me that one year. This, that one year was just intense. Changed your life. Completely changed my life. What are some of the things that happened to you during that one year that really just set you on the course for 
Well, I mean, the biggest thing today. for me was just an understanding. I mean, I served God during that year and I threw myself into, I was good at it. People would come up and say, wow, pastor, you spoke so well. And I'd be like, I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm an intern yeah. for one year <laughs> because I'm on my way to being a rich pharmacist. But you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, every time they say that, I just sense that God was just knocking on my heart. Mm-hmm. And at some point it became clear to me, I, I reached a very interesting understanding. I, I began to understand that knowing Jesus wasn't about getting your dreams baptized because my thought had been when I became a Christian I'll be a rich pharmacist still but then now <laughs> I'll give a lot of money to missions you know yes mm-hmm. but it's not about that knowing Jesus means that you die to yourself mm. and you allow him to be the one who tell you what to do and who mm. to be yeah and that just completely wrecked me and so I, I sense God was saying give it all up wow and I remember one time there was actually a confrontation with God and he told me this is it laid all down and it took me, I mean, I remember it was, uh, we had a day of prayer and fasting with some missionaries that we were visiting on, on uh, during that year. And they told us, uh, this guy read from scripture and said, hey, the, today we're just going to surrender all the stuff we have in our lives as we pray the whole day. And then we'll meet in the evening and <laughs> at the end we'll have, we'll just share what we surrendered. And I, I, I was thinking in my mind, I only, I'm so young, I'm in my 20s, <laughs> I own nothing. It's going to take me literally 30 minutes to do this. What am I going to do the rest of the day? Yeah. Well, at, they came at six o'clock, somebody tapped me in the shoulder and I was in tears at that point because I wrote this list mm. and the list just grew longer and longer and the Holy Spirit just took hold of my heart. Mm. And I began to realize there were so many things that I was holding on to that I would never surrender to God. Mm. Mm. And then I started surrendering them one by one. It's like God was just prying my fingers off them mm. one mm. at a time. And at six o'clock, they tapped me on the shoulder and I'm like, I'm not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I still have some things yeah. I need to surrender. Yeah. Wow. And you know, that day I left that place of prayer, the poorest I'd ever been in my whole life because I owned nothing. Mm-hmm. I gave it all up. Mm. But at the same time, I felt completely free of fear because mm. I had nothing to be afraid of anymore. It's like I'd given up all control over my life and God was in control. Wow. And I mean, from that, that's the first time I really began to sense God speaking to me clearly. Mm. And directing me. Because for the first time, I, I felt that as long as my hands were clenched, God couldn't put anything in them. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. as long as I was holding on to stuff. When I opened my hands like this, it's like God could say, okay, take this out now. <laughs> wow. Let me show you what I really want you to do. And the first thing he told me is you'll never be a rich pharmacist. <laughs> oh, so, I thought, I yeah. thought you, the story would end. You're the first billionaire yeah. pharmacist <laughs> pastor yeah. of your I class. Wish. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. actually, no. I don't wish. Not yet. Huh? Um, no, but he told me that would never be my, my he, he told me I would serve him in church. I would be a pastor and mm. I just live with that. And then he told me to marry my girlfriend. Wow. So, I mean, I, we had this plan. We'll do our master's degrees. And then when we're done, blah, 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 get money. Right. And, get, and he's like, no, do it now. How old were you when this happened? I was happened? 24. So at 24, were you like, all right, that sounds good. No, or I was like, like terrified. I didn't yeah, have any money. Okay. I didn't have a job. Right. <laughs> and so it's another long process. But God actually, I mean, I, I, I say her dad was not a Christian, very wow. skeptical. And, I, and I'm working in church at this point. And I'm, I told God, if, if I go and speak to her father and he says, I bless this then it, this is you speaking. Because wow. sh- I'll show he'd shoot me or kick mm. me out of the house. Mm-hmm. Man. And I went and spoke to her dad and he said, well, it sounds like you've prayed about it. Wow. You have my blessing. And I was like, done. <laughs> wow. God's in the house. Yeah. And so a long process, but we ended up getting married. Both of us mm-hmm. ended up serving uh, God. And now we've been in ministry for, oh my gosh, it's maybe 26 years. Wow. Yeah, and counting. Was there ever a point that you had to go maybe later on, maybe after kids and, and remake a list like that of things to give up? Because as you're telling your story, I yeah. can remember in my early 20s coming to a place of surrender. Yeah. But since then, <laughs> you got more stuff to say. I got more stuff. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Paul says uh, in the scripture, he says, I die daily. Mm-hmm. I really, I really believe surrender is, you know, the interesting thing is when you surrender, then God has a way that he blesses. And the problem is those same blessings can become the idols of the future. Yeah. And so it's almost like, yeah, I surrendered, but I need to keep surrendering because mm-hmm. this is God's stuff. It's his life. Mm-hmm. He's going to use it. Uh, but you know, it's amazing because I find when I lose, because I like to be in control. Mm. Everybody likes to be in control. But as long as I give up, when the minute I give up control to God, then my life becomes much bigger than I could ever imagine. I mean, I could never have imagined those years ago that I'd be sitting in Indianapolis with <laughs> on some, this podcast. some cool people yeah. like you. Well, guys, uh, don't tell anyone, but he thinks we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that just between yeah. the four of but us. You know, but you know what I mean? It's like this 
poor, this little kid in Africa and I get to travel the world. I get to speak mm-hmm. in huge, uh, yeah. to, to big audiences. And it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. 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 It's not about me. It's always about Jesus. He's the one, I'm living his life. I'm living his purpose. Mm. And that is always going to be bigger than anything I could imagine for myself. Amen to yeah. that. So when you're traveling the world, are you primarily speaking are you preaching in different churches or when you get to travel around the world what are you doing i I do a lot of speaking um i do a lot of encouragement of churches i've written lots of books that churches across the world uh use as curriculum and again that's just been a totally god thing uh it's um just so i I get invited to speak in different places Mm -hmm. about that as well and so that that is just I'm amazed at how God, and here's the thing I always say, God's plans for you are far bigger than your plans for yourself. Amen. You know, you can think you're dreaming big plans, but the plans that God has for you, no eye has seen, no ear has had, no no mind has perceived hmm. the things that yeah. God has in store for those who love him. And so when I when I quit holding on to my little puny dreams that I think are big to be a millionaire by 30, yeah. um, God puts in me something much bigger. Mm-hmm. And I look now and I can't even believe that this is me and I love my life. Um, I don't I don't dread going to work on Monday. Many people in, in my culture, they say, oh God, it's Monday and thank God it's Friday. I go, thank God it's Monday because I love my job. I love what God has called me to. I love changing people's lives mm. and that nothing, no money could have ever given me my purpose or mm. the joy that I have in living. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 100% right. agree. Let's leave. Let's, I think that's good, guys. <laughs> that's a wrap. Yeah, that, we're good there. Um, oh, so man. I asked you the question of what you do when you're traveling because um, you you made some statements this, this past weekend at Grace talking about um, how Christians can often be barriers for other people being introduced and experiencing Jesus. Absolutely. Is this what you're seeing around the world or is this yeah. a primarily American thing Absolutely because you're speaking not. to an American audience no. or do you see this back home? Like what, what are the things that you're experiencing that you're saying this is happening all over the world? Yeah. Sin is not an American phenomenon. It's, the market on that is global. You know, it's, it's, um, I think the church many times we tend to think we control Jesus. You know, it's like we're the, we're, the, we're the shopkeepers. We're the ones who are the ones who ration him out to our culture. Mm. And Jesus is so much bigger than us. And what he wants us to do is to display his love and allow him to use us to reach others. Many times we get so caught up in our little church groups uh, and we're, we're, we're looking around and defining what people should wear and how they should dress and how they should mm. be. Mm-hmm. And we forget that, you know, uh, the gospel has def- become defined by what people should, should not do. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's about rules and what you don't do as opposed to who you can be in Jesus. Mm. And Jesus doesn't need our help. You know, many times I think we just don't trust the Holy Spirit to transform people. We think he needs our help to transform them. Yeah. And uh, I think that that I think that grieves the spirit greatly. Mm-hmm. And he is looking mm-hmm. for people who would be. I mean, Jesus was so attractive that prostitutes walked up to him. That 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 the sinners, everybody, that people that were despised in the culture, would walk up to him and feel immediately at home. Yeah, because he wouldn't condemn them. But yet mm-hmm. his whole and that you know by not condemning them, it didn't mean that he uh, that he supported their lack of holiness. Many times he'd say, "Go and sin no more." Right. Yeah. So he stood for what was right. But somehow he did that with love and yeah. embracing and acceptance. And it's our love that will transform. I love the fact that John chapter 15, when Jesus is praying for his disciples, he doesn't say, I pray for you that you become really good at evangelism. I pray for you that you become really strategic in your worship. He doesn't talk about that. He says, I pray that you will love one another. Hmm. Because when, when you love one another, then the world will know that the Father has sent me. There's something powerful when people begin to, when, when we Christians begin to love. Yeah. Um, the, you have to recognize there's power when we love one another. And so I think that's one of the things I love to teach is to say, listen, the church should accept people as they are. We need to learn to accept, to tell people, come as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't mean that we're accepting uh, sin by doing that. We're sinners, first of all. We need to recognize that about ourselves. But when we say come as we are, I, one of my friends used to say, when you're a Christian, it's like you're the first one who went, it's like you're a, a patient in a hospital receiving medicine and you're pointing other patients coming through the door to the same medicine you're receiving. So mm. it, it already removes you from that point <laughs> yeah. of I'm the one who is well and you guys are sick. We're all sick. We all need grace. 
and I'm the one pointing you to grace uh, because I'm experiencing it yes. myself. Yeah. I'm, so I, so I, in other words, posture I'm, we must have. I'm pointing you to the doctor who can give you the medicine you uh, need. I'm not going to give you the medicine I have. It's probably not what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not the doctor. I point you to, to Jesus. And, and you, so how can the you church... are a pharmacist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus said, I'll make yeah. you a pharmacist of men. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that for me is a huge thing in the church. And I mean, my prayer, I mean, our church, this is something we, we strive for is how do we become a place where we love each other so much that people who walk in will say, oh my goodness, there's something that we can't explain. Have you seen this anywhere? Oh yeah. Where do you oh, see yeah. it? Well, you know, I mean, and in, in our broken, flawed way, uh, we've tried to be that as a church and I've seen other churches across the world. I see it here at Grace as well. Oh, good. Um, we yeah. did it. I do. Guys, we did it. Good news, guys. <laughs> good news. It's here. Um, there was a there was a musician on our team this weekend that is not from Grace and this was their first time ever mm. uh, walking into this building, but they were serving with us on the weekend. Um, and I heard from this person directly, but then even today got an email um, just celebrating that. One of the things he said was the relationships are so genuine. The people are genuine. And uh, the way that you were treating one another all weekend, he said he wants to bring his wife back. And he he, uh, just had a stirring in his soul when he left from the Saturday night service and drove about an hour to get back home. And so all of that is just to be like, thank you, God. That is what we all desire for people to experience when they come here. Um, And that he- You can't make that up. No, he articulated that that so well to Hmm. say that uh, yeah, he was surprised at the genuineness. One of the things he said was when uh, there was something that you you shared in your message that he thought people would have gasped or or had a reaction to, and they didn't. And mm. that to him just showed, wow, these people are different. Wow. So wow. yeah, wow. super awesome. cool. Love it. I, I mean, I, I think one of the things I love. I mean, like I remember in our church um, had a story of a guy. He's he comes to one of our churches now, and he said the first time he came to Mavuno is because uh, he was in a bar, it was three o'clock in the morning, he was drunk and depressed, and he was drunk enough to be open and vulnerable to somebody. And a fellow drunkard told him, man, I think you need to go to Mavuna Church. <laughs> so I, think they, I think they help people like you. It's like, uh, we've got yeah. issues here, but yeah. you have serious yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. I know and I'm so, here too, yeah, yeah. but you should, you, go, you to should go to Mavuno Church. <laughs> I hear stories like that. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So yeah. the guy shows up at church and he blocks out in the in the parking lot like he gets to the parking lot he's so drunk he just blocks out he first of all he's driving drunk and he sleeps the whole service he sleeps through the whole service we leave him in the parking lot so this is his story later and a couple of hours later he comes to and drives home and the next week he's so he makes sure he's sober enough to come to church Mm. um, and gives his life to jesus and now he's one of our leaders (laughs) and i think for me when i hear that because and i say this we're not a perfect church we have major issues as well We've hurt people. Uh, churches hurt people because churches are made of sinful people. Mm-hmm. But when I hear stories like those, those are glimmers of hope for me that there's grace at work, uh, mm. that Jesus is being seen in this church. Amen. Yeah. So let's turn a little bit to the sermon that you you gave this past weekend at Grace. Sure. And you talked about uh, the story in Mark 2, mm-hmm. Mark chapter 2, mm-hmm. about the, the paraplegic who... Is it paraplegic or just paralyzed? Paralytic. I don't paralytic. Paralytic. Paralyzed paralytic, man. Right. Yeah. Paral- paralyzed man who um, his friends ripped a hole in a guy's roof and yeah. dropped him down yeah. to see Jesus. Yeah, I love that story. Um, I got to say, first of all, the way that you oh my. depicted the story yes. with your sanctified imagination, <laughs> yeah. as you called it, man. so good. Yeah. Even for Thank me, you. I, I like you, I've heard that story countless times. Yeah. And even yeah. just hearing it in that fresh perspective brought new yeah. uh, images into my mind. It was it was vivid. It was well, really great. I mean, God's word is so real. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. think almost every chapter in the Bible you can make a movie from. Yeah. Uh, there's so much drama in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up, Barry, because while you were doing this, I, we just finished a, ser- a sermon series here at Grace called BYOB, Bring Your Own Bible, where yeah. people had the opportunity to look deeper into, into the scripture yeah. and kind of get a picture of what the authors are trying to say the context of the world around them, what's going on at the time, and then how that applies to us. And That's so good. while you're giving this this very illustrative uh, <laughs> dis- um, talk about the, the story, yeah. I'm thinking back to the series and yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I it, it's clear to me that you have, you have such a command of 
storytelling and um, when you read scripture, I feel like you probably do this every time you would read a, a story like this. You're kind of going through the illustration in your mind of, you, you put it like a movie. It's happening like a movie. <laughs> um, my only question after you after you finish that, um, I feel like if I'm if I'm trying to play along with the movie thing, I feel like the least they could have done um, is let the guy stick around to hear the rest of the sermon. So they drop him in the roof, right? And Jesus says, take up your mat and get out of here. The least they could have let the guy do is to stick around and let, let him hear the rest of the sermon, right? I was wondering where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> Take, takes a minute to get there, but that's that's it. That's my only question about the sermon. He's probably like, hold on, I'll be right back. I just got to run a few laps. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine there were a few people he wanted to see. Yeah. Maybe show, yeah. look what I can do now. Jesus just told him, get out. Maybe the sermon was done. Maybe Jesus was setting it all up for boom. You know, yeah, this, is, maybe, this is an illustration I was waiting for. Maybe he felt so bad about the whole roof situation that he immediately <laughs> ran up to the roof to start oh, repairing maybe it. Maybe he was a roofer. <laughs> so he started repairing it. Yeah. You guys got to preach my message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it for you. Take us on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so um, you also said people with issues are hard to love. Yeah. That... Yeah. Um, that hit me because these two, right? No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think everybody has somebody in their life yeah. where it's like, oh, I just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Jesus and I'll bring people to church and stuff, but not that. that I mean, we've talked about yeah. this on this podcast Absolutely. before, but like, yeah. I think that snapped it into a new perspective for me. Um, because personally, like it's, it's not hard for me to love people who would you know, have special needs or would need to be dropped through a hole in the roof. Right. Yeah. Like that's not hard for me, but there are people in my life currently that yeah. I'm like, man, I don't want to see you that often, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah. it, it's a lot harder for me to love them. Well, yeah. um, did that, Oh yes. Did, did that stick out to you guys? <laughs> Why? Yes, it did. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. I, Tell me more. <laughs> I definitely, I, I was thinking of the people the way I would put it are people who are kind of like emotional black holes where mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. give them mm -hmm. emotion, you give your time, you give your energy and it just yeah. gets sucked into a void and never returned. Like yeah. a one-sided friendship. Yeah. 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 And mm -hmm. I always try to love those people out of just the goodness of my heart. And it always falls up short because mm -hmm. I don't have within myself the stamina just, just by myself without the work of Jesus to, yeah. to actually love them beyond simply like, all right, I, I, you, I gave you right. my, I gave you my shot and yeah. here you are. And well, and not. one thing we see in this particular passage is that that guy had four friends, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. at least four friends. And so I think a lot of times we try to shoulder that person that's difficult to love and we yeah. try to shoulder them on our own yeah. where again, the scripture is showing us that it's, we're, we're never meant to handle things on our own that's and that right. everything should be handled in community and in Christian community in particular. So that's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think shouldering the burden, sharing the burden, whoever that person is, that's difficult to love. Maybe there are people within the community that can help come alongside and help love that person. Well, absolutely. And I think also the fact that we often overestimate how lovable we are. <laughs> Overestimate? Yeah. How, how, how lovable we, like yeah. I myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, we think that we're I'm so easy for God to love and that we are like God. I mean, just, who wouldn't love yeah, me? Absolutely. <laughs> and we think that's how God sees us. Yeah. And mm. I think for me, those people who are hard to love really are an illustration to me of some of the, the way God has chosen to love me despite of me. Mm. I'm yeah. not that great, you know? Mm. And I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, we so we can actually be the teachers of the law in this passage. We, the ones who know Jesus the most, are the ones who have the highest likelihood to be Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we often read the scripture and we put ourselves in the feet of the, the good guys, yeah. you know, the guys who Jesus commended. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But actually, when you think about it, we who, are, uh, who have walked with Jesus for a while, we probably would be the Pharisees. And he had hard words to say about the Pharisees. Hmm. They felt they didn't need much. They didn't need anybody. They had it made. They When they prayed, they prayed about those needy tax collectors. You remember yeah. the, the parable mm -hmm. where this guy is praying for that guy with his issues. Mm -hmm. And God's looking at that guy and thinking, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I find these very hard people to love in my life, I often go, maybe this is how God finds me. You know, mm -hmm. he has to choose to love me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I always say one of the biggest moments in my life was when it was our first year of marriage. My wife 
I was talking to her about like how much I needed to work. I was like, you don't understand. I have like a really important job. <laughs> She's like, she stopped what I was saying. And she goes, I just wish you wouldn't think you're as important. <laughs> or I wish you would realize you're not as important as yeah. you think you are. Yeah, and I was it. like, Ooh. You, you needed a wife to hear such a thing about yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know? yeah. Man. Yeah. And I, I love that because marriage is one of the best illustrations because everybody who gets married, like Barry is just a year married, so he yeah. probably still thinks he's like God's gift to his wife. <laughs> right, but right. you just need to be married like four or five years and then you yeah. realize, man, I suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't take long for you to begin to realize, oh my gosh, yeah. I have not God's gift to my wife. Yeah. I, I'm actually a challenge to her. She's having to choose to love me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I, and, and so, yeah. So just back to the unlovable. Yeah. It's like, I feel like they're an illustration to us. And maybe that's why it's so important that we have people like those in our lives, that mm-hmm. we, we have to choose to love, that we don't love because of what they're giving back to us. Because I think pure love really is that love that is given, not because I'm receiving, but because I have to just keep giving in a sense yeah. that that really is agape love. That's what God wants us to exercise. Mm. So, yeah. You called them, you called those types of friends stretcher bearers. Yeah, stretcher bearers. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have stretcher bearers in your, in your life? I do. I don't know that they know each other. That was the thing that you said that I think you said that. Do yeah. they, or no, you asked, do they know that do you're, they know that you're stretcher yeah. bearers? So yeah. I don't, I don't know that all of my stretcher bearers know that they're my stretcher bearers. And I also don't think that they necessarily are in community with one another, mm. which mm. to me is a big, is a something I really want to work on because like this whole idea of trying to do things and respond in community, if you can't put your head together with somebody about the person that you're, that you're trying to love. Yeah. Yeah. That Who's going to do the intervention. You yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not, you know, touching base from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a really powerful moment this weekend. Um, so I sat through both sermons on Saturday and, uh, I knew I wanted to catch at least one of them on Sunday. Um, you know, when you're doing the music, you go back to the green room and you, you don't necessarily sit out in the auditorium for every uh, sermon that's delivered. Yeah. But um, my son and I at the 11 o'clock, um, since there wasn't a song that came post message, a lot of times the musicians are like, oh, OK, well, we can go. Um, so I could have gone. I could have I could have went. Um, but there's something that just told me to stay. And my son agreed. He's like, yeah, I think, I think I'll stay with you. Cause he could have went with his, his dad, uh, left right after, uh, the worship set for the 11 o'clock service. Um, but so we stayed and I'm so glad we did because you prayed a little bit longer in the 11 o'clock mm. service than you did, um, for the other ones. And maybe that's just because you knew there was no sermon <laughs> yeah. coming or no service coming yep. after that. Um, everybody else got shortchanged <laughs> and you did say in that service, um, who are your stretcher bearers uh, or who are you a stretcher bearer for? And do they know? Yeah. And so I know that there's a lot of people praying for me and some have identified themselves and some have not. Um, and that's okay. And I know that I pray for a lot of people, but don't necessarily identify myself saying, Hey, I, you were on my mind and I was praying for you specifically, mm, yeah. you know? So that was an important point that you made, but there was a moment right towards the end of your message where I had this sinking feeling in my heart and it was kind of fleeting. Um, and I'm kind of going out on a limb when I say it, but I I felt this in my mind. It it went, Oh man, Sunday's over. Mm. Oh, (laughs) because why? Because there's a lot that's going to happen within the next week. There's Mm. just a lot of grind. My mother is sick. There's just a lot of grind. And for, for me, the weekend is like, mm. okay, this is what I was brought here to do. Yeah. Let's do it. I know what I'm doing. But then there's a lot of stuff that happens during the week yeah. that isn't necessarily so energizing. Yeah. Some stuff that's downright difficult. Mm. And man, Sunday's over. Ugh. And I just had this sinking feeling. And right when that happened you started really sharing prophetically a word of encouragement Mm. and you just kept sharing that word encouragement, um, that your father has not forgotten you, that he loves you, that he desires things for you that you can't even imagine for yourself. Mm. And, uh, you just launched into this different way of, of praying than, than I had heard you pray the night before. Mm. Um, and so I'm just, washing myself in tears. I'm a mess. And even my son next to me just flips his little hands over in his lap and, and he is praying. Cause I mean, it's been a difficult time for my family, my mm-hmm. kids included. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just powerful and amazing. And then 
I walked into the lobby after that service, um, really to thank you, Mm. but I totally forgot you were going to be on this podcast. So I'll just thank you now. (laughs) Thank you. Mm. Um, but two people walked up to me, um, two wonderful people that I love so much happen to be from Venezuela. Mm. So they're relatively new to our community. Mm. Um, but they really in, in this moment indicated that they are and have been my stretcher bearers. How's your mom? How's your husband? Mm. We've been praying for you. Mm. And then they said the most wonderful things. They said, listen, we know that you're busy. And so we, we haven't wanted to, to ask you all these questions and, you know, we've just been praying for you every time you come to our minds, every time we think of you, we've been praying for you. Just, just know that if you ever want someone to come and pray with you for two hours, we'll pray with you for two whole hours. But then she said, she was like, (laughs) I mean, or just get coffee. I mean, whatever, whatever you want. (laughs) Or just see you for five minutes. Or or just get coffee, whatever you want. And just the way that they were putting themselves out there, um, and, and she asked me, what do you believe for your mom? Mm. My mother has cancer and it's terminal at this point. Mm. And I said, you know, I, I'm not going to stop praying for healing because I believe that God is a healer. Um, but also I know that he calls people home and he calls them home for natural reasons. You know, he, he can heal, but he yeah. doesn't heal in every case. Yeah. So I just don't know. And she said, I want you to go home and, and get in the word and, Find what God is saying about your mom. Mm-hmm. Get, get that one word. And then she started talking about Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And she said he was all the way dead. Mm-hmm. And God gave him new heart, new liver, new lungs. Wow. He was all the way dead. Wow. And so she said, if you go home and you dig in the word and God tells you, you know, I'm, I'm calling Maria home. Yeah. Then we will pray for your comfort and we will pray uh, for her comfort and God will just uphold you in this time. But if you go home and you get in your word and you find something that leads you to believe that he is not done, we'll believe with you for mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you're the people that are ripping the roof open for me right now because my faith isn't strong enough right now. Yeah. And Jesus can look up at you two and say their faith yeah. has healed. And so thank you so much for sharing that message. And it was amazing the way that within moments of the encouraging word you shared, God brought this vividly to life Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. through two of my very new friends. Um, We've only known each other for about a year, but it was really a powerful and incredible moment for me. And I know so many others that are listening have also shared and told me that they're praying for me and told me that they're praying for my mom. So all y'all, y'all ripping the roof open for me. Thank you so much. What are their uh, names and numbers? I need some new stretcher bears. (laughs) (laughs) But that was was one of my questions though, watching the sermon is what if you're, you're a person who is like drowning in loneliness? Yeah. What, yeah. what about the people that are like, yeah, I would love to have four friends yeah. Yeah. yeah, who would do this, but I don't know any, like, I don't have them. Yeah. What about that well, person? You know, what do we say things, to them? I think I'm really excited that Grace is launching out into Rooted because I really think it's designed specifically for that. Yeah. Uh, it puts you in a community where you begin to understand, you connect with God, you connect with a community and mm. you connect with your God purpose. And I always believe that your God purpose is too big for you. You mm. need people around you who will hold up your arms like like Moses, you know, yes. Aaron in your heart. You need people like that in your life. Yeah. And so if you're in grace, I mean, if you if you come to this church, I mean, that's a phenomenal yeah. opportunity for you. Uh, just come in and connect and yeah. see what God does. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You were my rooted facilitator. Tyler was. I don't know if you knew that oh, when we went through yeah. it as a staff. Awesome. And for for absolute certain, there were people on staff that I never had an opportunity to interact with before and they became really uh, a powerful force of prayer yeah. um, during that time. That was really when um, my mom's diagnosis first came. Mm. It was a very mm. uh, rough time for me. And so people that I knew Tyler fairly well by that mm-hmm. point, yeah. but there were others in our group that I didn't know at all that now I know yep. I can go to them yeah. and ask yeah. for prayer yeah. Uh, or people who, um, like Jim, will regularly come up to me during work and just say, hey, how are things going? How's your mom? Um, yeah. People who would have never um, had an opportunity to play that kind of a role yeah. Yeah. in my life. And too many times the loneliest people are Christians. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're yeah. in church, we're serving God. We think we are friends because we have so many people around us, but they don't know mm. the real things around us. Yeah. 
And so I feel like just having people who you can process some of those things that are deep, that are hurting and that are genuinely interested. Yeah. Um, all of us need that. Yeah. Mm. And, and to be in a place where you're being led by facilitators who are willing to show that vulnerability and yeah, openness. Absolutely. Because I think when you said that, that totally resonated with Christians are lonely because even if we've had a moment of openness and brokenness, uh, as time goes on, we, we start to feel more shame for the brokenness that continues to happen. And we yeah. don't want to admit that to other Christians. And so we become in, in, insular and we start to pull into ourselves. But yeah. that kind of experience, the one that Rooted makes possible, is one that allows you to be in a place where everyone is willing to open themselves to each other in a safe place. Yes. And that's profound. Yeah. 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 So mm. hopefully that helps you, Tyler. Yeah, all all uh, advertisements here for Rooted are great. Welcome. I mean, that answers your question. No, if, I, if, I was really hoping we'd go down this road because yeah. that does answer my question. Um, but that was something I thought of is like, there's got to be somebody sitting in the in the chair yes. being like, it'd be great if I had one of those people. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. And, and, and you can't, there has to be a process. I mean, and that's the thing I've discovered because I remember early in my, at one point just saying, I need some guys around me. I need yeah. some, And just psyching that up. Like I need, but you know, it's so awkward to go and talk to somebody and say, I need you to be my close friend. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Right. You know? And so I think you need a process. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> I can right. tell. I just that met you. That is so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So I think that, and you need an external process. And I think that's what rooted, I think. Yeah. Uh, would, would. Uh, yeah. Yeah, There's a scripture that says that God sets the lonely in families. Mm. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Wow. Um, and so I believe that Rooted is going to do that for so many people yeah. who are feeling lonely. God is going to set you in a family. Yeah. And and I think over time, that Rooted is is a program. I mean, it, it has plenty to to do on its own. It'll it'll do a lot of good. But I think over time what's gonna happen is it will begin to help re- focus and retrain our whole congregation on what it means to be in community. Yeah. So I think the average person who goes through it and experiences life groups and begins to get into these rhythms, they're going to have a different way of approaching someone who is their neighbor or someone who is coming into church for the first time. Yeah. It, it's just, it's going to start to shape the way that we approach one another. Yeah. I hope, mm -hmm. I pray. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's my, prayer too. my expectation. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of, you kind of shared the story, the origins of, of rooted. Do you yeah. mind just kind of rehashing that? Well, for anybody who may have yeah, missed. Yeah, real, real quick. I mean, I, I was pastor for discipleship in a church, a large church called Nairobi Chapel, and I was frustrated. It wasn't working. It was teaching people how to act like Christians as opposed to be re representatives of Jesus. Especially on the freeway. Because, yeah, especially <laughs> on the freeway. You know, not, nothing changed yeah. about their drive. I was so frustrated. <laughs> and so long and, short, long and short of it, my intern then uh, manipulated me into uh -huh. starting, a, <laughs> meeting some people to start an experiment, uh, experimental uh, process and my intern is actually Barry right Barry, now. I mean, yeah. So yeah. So we go. Yay! <laughs> it's a soundboard. We, it's we first go, appearance. We go way back. Yeah. So um and so through that process we just every week came up with a process where as opposed to just learning about Christianity, we actually did Christianity together. Mm. So we read about it and then would come and actually practice one of the rhythms of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And in that 10 weeks, we saw more transformation. I saw more transformation than anything I'd ever seen in all my years of ministry. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I wasn't setting out to write a book or a curriculum. Sure. I was just setting out to solve a problem for our church. Uh, but that group of people that went through that first initial experience was so transformed that it, trans it completely transformed the rest of our church. I mean, 30 people, we were a church of 300 then and it complete, they became like the anchor for the whole church. Their mm -hmm. energy caught on with the whole community mm. and everybody in the community said, we must do that. And after, wow. after taking our whole church through it, our church just changed in character, in nature. We became a vibrant, um, fun loving, God loving, um, attractive, uh, people of God. Mm. And that's, that's the best way I could put it. Mm. And um, how about Barry's clip art? Was that very attractive? It was, it was <laughs> we were we were flying by the seat of our <laughs> pants we really, we really every were. week. Yeah. It was like deadlines. I don't mean, basically I'd, I'd give us. it to him like the day before, so he'd be going through the computer. Yeah. I mean, through, through the one internet, the, the rudimentary of, internet then. Yeah, to to, yeah. to find and print out clip art. One of the <laughs> one of the dear memories that I have is we didn't. I didn't even have time to collate all of the handouts, like by putting them in order. And so yeah. what I would have a stack of page one, a stack 
stack of page two, <laughs> yes, a stack of page that. three. So everybody would come in, and the first thing they'd have to do is make their own binders. Oh, yeah. wow. Because we didn't yeah. have time. We didn't have time. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I really think the Holy Spirit, and not I think, I know the Holy Spirit was guiding us. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, hindsight is twenty twenty because we wrote a curriculum then that has been used uh, across the world. I mean, over 100,000 mm. people have done it. Uh, in lit- I mean, it's been translated in over 10 languages. Wow. Mm. Uh, it's literally in every continent except Antarctic- Antarctica. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to get... They don't need <laughs> it. They don't, they're fine. They don't but need it. But you know, we wrote it in 10 weeks. And that's wow. the thing that tells you it must have been the Holy Spirit. Because yeah. if you yeah. ask me now to write a curriculum that would change people across the world, <laughs> I'll take like a sabbatical for three years yeah. 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 and lock myself up in a seminary somewhere. And obviously it was not it was not about us. It was the Holy Spirit. I give him all the glory for it. Um, but it's been a hoot to just see Christians across the world using it, churches across the world using it, and to hear the same stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, t- the stories typically take two, two, one of two slants. Either it would be people who are, I felt completely isolated from church and from yeah. people of God, and I've now found a community. I've, my life's been transformed, and I've found my community. Or it's been people of God who've worked with him for 20 years who say, I thought I knew what it meant to walk with God. Mm. And there's a whole new depth that I didn't even understand existed mm. mm-hmm. in the relationships I've formed. And so for, for me, every church I go to, I hear those rooted stories and my heart just sings because uh, God is obviously doing something new mm. and yes. I'm excited to be part of it. What do you anticipate for grace as we go into this and as we start um, building these types of communities? What do you anticipate? Like what what have you seen happen at churches in the first iteration of Rooted that you can maybe uh, predict or anticipate for for us? Well, I think my most exciting and the thing I look forward to the most is seeing broken people from the community coming and finding hope and life Mm -hmm. and joy. Um, I think Grace needs to get ready for all kinds of messed up people <laughs> to come to <laughs> Too church. Too late. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it really does attract, I mean, basically what, I mean, we've, we get all kinds of stories, but the minute God's people just begin to come to 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 reach out mm-hmm. and to create an, a process where everybody can go through, mm-hmm. then everybody does come. Mm. And then church gets a little messy because you've got a whole bunch of people who don't know how to behave in the church. Mm. And I love that. It's so fun, you know, because all of a sudden church language doesn't make sense. And so you have to learn to think like the people who you're trying to reach, which is awesome. Mm. So, I mean, I look forward to hearing some great rooted stories uh, from Grace in the the months and the years to come. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I love the fact that you have a huge, I mean, there's diversity in this church that's just amazing. I mean, I met mm. people from Africa. I yes. met people from different Latin American countries. I can't wait to just see them connecting with mm. God's people yes. and being transformed and those stories coming from different cultures. Yeah. Uh, same God changing different, oh my gosh, this yeah. is going to be so much fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know a lot of people are asking a lot of questions about it and um, I think it was just fantastic that you're here. I mean, um, for people to, People will listen to this and they'll they'll get either either they'll start getting excited about this or their some of their questions will be answered or they'll feel a little more comfortable about taking the step to register for it or sign up or whatever. Yeah, um, man. And you didn't even pay me to advertise rooted. No, <laughs> all free. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It is my probably the highlight of my year at Grace so far has been the first uh, celebration service that we had for the rooted pilot mm. the baptisms the stories it was a night of such inspiration i felt like i didn't drive home i floated home mm. it was amazing so i'm i'm wow. i'm floored and what, I'm so what excited what about what about that and and explain what the celebration is for people who have no idea what that is. Yeah, without giving too much away. Um, Ooh, spoilers. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, at the end of the 10 weeks, uh, we celebrate what God has done in the lives of the individuals who just gave themselves over for 10 weeks to reading and studying and praying and community and all the things that Rooted entails. And in that celebration service, there are baptisms and there are uh, some testimonials. And yeah, you 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 get to hear the good things mm-hmm. and the life transformation, the life change, it's right there um, for everybody to see and it's something to celebrate. Yeah. And so the celebration service is electric. It's just, mm. yeah. for me, I mean, you know, you sing some songs, <laughs> you mm. worship, yeah. but that is just like, I mean, 
to me that all that part paled in comparison to the stories of life transformation. Mm-hmm. And then it all started to come together like, yes, this is why we do this yeah. mm-hmm. because then it produces this. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and keep doing it mm-hmm. so that it can keep producing life change. It was just life giving and energetic for me to be a part of that. The thing that has me so just overwhelmed right now is to think that 2005, the year that I essentially did the same internship that you did, Pastor Marathi, yeah. uh, although in a very different context, uh, since you, since I was with you as as we were yes. planting the church, it was literally the same thing. Yeah. yeah, same same internships, similar sort of structure to it and, yeah. and experiences. Um, I for many years really just thought that that year. And, and by the way, I had a lot of the same experiences of God prying open my fingers and, mm. and it was a turning point of my life that year was, I, I don't, I can't tell you how grateful I am for the experience. Mm. Um, but for many years, I, I just thought that was just for me. Oh, like no. that was, you know, that was the year that God changed me. And then I went off and did the things that God called me to. Um, but now to be in this place to be, to be here at grace mm. at this time, yeah. to be sitting in this room with you, Pastor Marathi, and to see how that experience that I had 13 years ago, yeah. going through the original Mizizi class with the people flying around trying to make <laughs> tea and, you know, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. And to see all of a sudden now what God has, has birthed through that experience, yeah. not just in my life, but also in, in the lives of thousands of people around the world. I'm now, I'm, I'm, pretty much just overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, I'm my jaws on the floor to think, what is going on? It's, it's kind of, uh, it's almost like holy ground to realize that Hmm. God has actually been orchestrating something so grand for so long Mm -hmm. and that I got to be a witness to it. And even to, in some ways be a part of it. It, it, It's humbling and it's, it's overwhelming. That's what's going through my mind right now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Who knows? The thing, when you surrender to God, what he can do through your life. I love that. I love that, Darry. Do you get people to ask you to sign their rooted books? (laughs) Oh man, I should have brought them. It's so weird, but yeah, I do get that. (laughs) (laughs) It is Like I've had this really transformational experience. Will you sign my book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It does happen. It's funny. But you know, I always, it's always so genuine and it comes from people whose lives have been transformed. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've met people who were divorced and did rooted and were reconciled. Mm-hmm. I've met people who were addicted and now are walking in freedom. I mean, I've met people who, <laughs> I, I met people who, I, m- I remember one girl who was a pole dancer in a nightclub and now was an usher in her church. <laughs> it's like <laughs> wow. every time people come up and tell me their, their rooted stories. Or I've, I've met a person who was, I mean, she was <laughs> 40, 48, had given up. Um, literally on God and did this and not only found God again, but she found a husband and now have rooted facilitator and how we're married. I mean, it's, it's oh, like the stories are yeah. so many. And every time somebody comes up to me and tells me a story, I always, you know, you just turn it. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm good. But I'm not that good. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm not that good. Is, but I do have a sharpie him. in my this pocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign you a book. Yeah. But you no. know, it's all glory to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah. he's obviously at work, and I feel like there's a hunger in the church today across the world for discipleship. I really feel like churches are hungering for a way that they can move people into being who God wants them to be. Yeah, and mm. and it's it's a universal hunger, and I'm just so excited that we get to be part of some of the solutions that God is bringing about in this generation. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Oh, this is fun. Man, I was so pumped to to hear. And I, I know I have a, a ton more questions just for you about who you are and what you're seeing around the world and that kind of stuff that uh, I'm sure other folks have too. But I, I was really, I'm really thankful that you shared an hour of your time with us mm-hmm. today. So thanks mm-hmm. for coming in. It's great to be um, here. Thank you. Yeah. Barry, what, what what's coming up next? What are we doing? Uh, this series, You Were Made For More, it's a four-week series, so we got three more weeks. And honestly, I coming off vacation, I can't remember what- You don't what, know. I don't remember I know. what next good, week is. Good news, I know. What is it? <laughs> We're talking about uh, awe and experience and being amazed by God. Yes. Um, and throughout this series, we want to show people and uh, provide an experience and opportunity for people to understand that God- 
has more for you. It's yes. not that you were made to do more or like Marithi was saying, dress this way or do these things this right. way. Right. It's that God has something so unique and special in store for you. Beyond anything you could dream. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And so that's what's coming up next. We're going to, we're going to talk about the awe and amazement, um, that's possible when we, when we get to experience God. And so I can't wait to look back on this series and see, um, the, the type of energy that it kind of injects into our community and the momentum that maybe it, uh, it provides all of us to be the church that, that we, um, that we can be and that we should be. So yeah, I'm excited. Are you got, yeah, I can tell you Dude, guys are excited. No. <laughs> yeah. Super pumped. Yeah. Super pumped. I, I told you there's nothing that gets me going more than hearing stories of life trans- transformation and yeah. nothing can do that, but the spirit of God. Yep. Yeah. So I am so excited to see what he's going to do in the lives of people. Yeah. Stuff that we can't even imagine. Yeah. Nope. Not until next week, at least. So <laughs> Marin, um, I know that the week between Sundays is really hard for you. But for people listening to this show, between Sundays is right on time. You know, it's it's providing just a yeah. little bit of sun sunshine. So, yes, will you please send so us out? So in the meantime, what yes. I'm gonna try to do is do justly, and I'm gonna try to love mercy and walk humbly with my God. I'm gonna try. 